My stepsister, Tish Carlson, loves Jesus, is a wife, a mom of three, two of them are twins, and she owns multiple businesses, including Matt and Tish Photography and a super cute plant shop called No Longer Wander. On today's episode, Tish gets candid about her struggle with depression and how it has affected these very important roles in her life. She talks about what depression looks like for her and how it can look different for so many people. She discusses the feelings that she's had ever since she started taking depression medication that she calls the little pink pill, as well as how it has affected her relationship with Jesus. Tish shares her perspective on the common misconception that mental illness is a sin, while also sharing her hope in the church's approach to depression as a whole. I love Tish very much, and I know that you all will too. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I am excited because my sister literally walked into my office and we were chatting and I said, hey, you want to record an episode? It's true. She did. (laughs) It's really spontaneous for me. Yeah. But I feel like it's just the most organic conversation. And so this is Tish Carlson. She is my stepsister, Mm -hmm. close friend. We've known one another since I was 14. Yeah. A long time. And she is a blogger. She owns a plant shop. She loves home design. What else? Photography. Photographer. Mom, wife. Yes. (laughs) Christian, all the things. So today we're going to talk about depression. You've struggled with depression for how long? I think I came to realization of depression about four years ago through a good friend, Levi, which some of you may know, Levi the Poet. But now that I've learned my struggle, what that looks like for me personally, I've realized I can probably pinpoint back in high school times of depression. So what does that mean that he helped you figure it out? What did that look like? Him and his wife were over one night and then my husband, Matt, asked, Levi, explain what anxiety and depression are to me because I'm just curious. Matt over the years has mentioned that and I, in the past, have gotten really angry. And some reason that moment, I was like, just listening silently, kind of think a little bit bugged, but I knew Levi. Because you didn't feel like you had it. Yeah, I didn't it. think mm. it was me. But then as Levi was talking, I think my mouth, like if you think of like the movies, your chin drops down <laughs> to the table. I was like, Levi is me. I am Levi. And so I started getting set free in that moment, even though I had a lot of work and understanding, a lot of fighting to do with accepting the fact that I battle mental illness. Like yeah. depression is real. And it sucks. Yeah. So I want to back up a little because Tish is probably one of the, and I don't say this in a negative way at all because it's not negative, the, one of the most emotional people. 
not in the sense that you are hyperactive with your tears and stuff, emotional in the sense that you feel things so deeply and Which, you empathize. Yeah. So, and she's an Enneagram four. So for those of you fours, <laughs> shout out to the Enneagram four. I'm learning so much about fours. But, but yeah. I don't just feel deeply for my own. I feel like I could, I sensed and feel deeply for the people I, that matter to me. Yeah. And I carry those feelings alongside. Yeah. I used to think that was an embarrassing thing, but now it's, I'm learning that that's okay. And I mean, I think it's admirable. So, and I don't know how not to feel when I'm watching someone or if I'm personally going through something, but I'm learning how to do that well too. I think there's a messy way of feeling. (laughs) There's a, you can do it well. Yeah. So. And as somebody for me who I've learned, and you guys have probably heard this on the podcast consistently, but I am learning compassion. I am learning to not check out when things get hard. And to this day, I'm a runner, like a hundred percent. And so from you, I feel like I've learned so much of tuning into people and like checking in, like you're always checking in with me and you're always checking in with the people you love and you're always really intentional. That's not my strong suit. I stay busy, like selfishly busy. And I feel like you've always been like, Hey, when's dinner? When are we doing lunch? When are we hanging out? And it's so good for me to have someone like that in my life because it reminds me of how to be intentional with other people. Yeah. But like we've talked about over the years, I've learned a ton from you though, in different ways too, that maybe I don't always have to carry everyone's feelings. And I, and realizing how you and I have a whole list and Mm -hmm. that could probably be a whole other podcast in itself, but I do feel deeply. Yeah. And I'm finally being okay with that. Yeah. So with your depression, one thing that I've seen from you a lot is pictures of your pills. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an awareness thing of just saying, here I am. Mm -hmm. Here's who I am. This is what I struggle with. And it's okay as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, that I'm taking medication. Is that something you struggled with when you were wanting to take medication, feeling like this is wrong because you grew up in the church? Or was that not really a thought? Yeah, I think that mental illness is still a conversation that's weird in the church, and I don't think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I think that, yes, I understand we're called to pray and we read and devotionals and communication and Bible studies and like mm-hmm. all of those things, but sometimes your brain just isn't working right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes like you can do all the things, and I still would walk away going, And like, Mm -hmm. I'm still sad. I'm still like unmotivated. Mm -hmm. I still feel numb. And this is supposed to be fixing me. Everyone's telling me this should be fixing you. So what's wrong with me? Yeah. So then you feel like you're broken and you can't. That then sends me into a, it would send me into a spiral. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide to start taking medication and what has that done for your life? So we had that conversation before we moved to Arizona for a year. I went in a spiral of depression that was pretty severe. Like, I don't want to get super heavy, but it was pretty scary severe. My husband was nervous about leaving me at home. And then it wasn't until I got back. To Albuquerque. And it was, I'd been on it for a year and a half now. So four years ago, had that conversation realizing, oh my gosh, I struggle with this. And it wasn't just up until a year and a half that I finally started pink pill. Mm -hmm. And the pink pill was not something I was promoting or talking Mm -hmm. about. It took me a while to even share it publicly. Once I shared that, that opened some doors to talk. 
to other people who battle and even people got on it knowing this is okay mm-hmm. because it, it is okay. Yeah. And I've seen a huge difference. So you mentioned Matt. Matt is one of just the coolest people <laughs> in the world. <laughs> you want to know a fun fact? He, he will tell you. He'll tell you 10. As you mentioned that, I know there's probably a lot of people listening who have a spouse who struggles or they're struggling and their spouse doesn't get it. If you think you'd be comfortable with you saying, what are some of the best things that Matt did to help you? And what were some of the worst things that were not helpful? It's definitely been a journey. Matt has used words like, stop acting crazy. (laughs) Words like stop acting crazy to someone who battles depression is like some of the worst wording you can Mm -hmm. use. And that would send us into some severe arguments. And I know in the end of the day, he wants to love me and all of that, but don't tell someone who battles or you think may be battling that they're crazy or they Mm -hmm. need to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. Like maybe seeing a doctor is true, but in a heat of a moment. Right. Say it in love when we're calm. Yes. And so (laughs) now, especially with the pink pill, I can actually think and communicate. Anyone knows me well, it takes me a long time to communicate as a creative voice, as a four, like all those titles. It just takes me a little bit more to actually get my words out clearly, which is okay. I'm doing great now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, Lindsay. Um, Spontaneity. <laughs> so now it's like, because that pill helps my brain like actually pause and think before I just react, hmm. he could point out like, hey, maybe you should go to the gym. And now I'm able to react like, because even when he would say that before, it was offensive. I would, it was offensive. Because yeah. I felt like he was trying to get rid of me. And that's not what he was trying to do. And now I understand, hey, go to the gym is like, hey, you need a break. Hey, your emotion is a little bit high. Or, hey, and you I've seem really, re- you. really feeling low. Yeah. And when you go to the gym, you come back a different person. And that's just fact from working out. Mm-hmm. Taking care of your body makes a huge difference mentally. Yeah. It, all the happy joy- juices that yeah. are in our bodies when we, yeah. when we stir them makes us happy. So I'm just able to receive differently. He's finding ways to communicate gently. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, Matt didn't think depression was real. So that was another battle. That's a very common perception, which I find so interesting now with all of the information. Yeah. But I will say I had a really hard time understanding it. Mm -hmm. Like my sister struggled a lot in high school and I kind of felt like just my achiever mindset, like get over it, make it just Yeah, those words, those words are not helpful. Yes, no. And I probably did (laughs) say them insensitively, but but I at least thought them. And it was a thought of like, just go do something, you know, go and make it better. But with our minds, I mean, with hormones and imbalance, chemical imbalances, you cannot fix it with just a strong faith. You cannot fix it with just taking a run. Like it may help for temporarily. Yeah. It's definitely made a difference. The goal is to wean myself back off and then try life without it and then reevaluate however that comes. But right now I'm on it. And right now, I mean, some days I lay in bed and I'm about to go to sleep and I take the pink pill and I still have moments where I'm like, it's just weird that I still have to take this. And there's Mm -hmm. other days where I'm like, fine, it's just like normal life. And I know it's helping and it's benefiting the people around me. It's benefiting mm-hmm. myself, but I won't lie. It's weird. And the few times I've shared publicly on social media, a lot of good has come out of that. But at the same time, it is weird to be like, 
I take this tiny pink pill now, Mm -hmm. so I live a better life. And everyone else wants to actually be around me more often. Well, (laughs) and I have enjoyed your conversations about it since you've been willing to talk about it. I don't think you talk about it as if it's like the stigma. You just are. You just describe it for what it is. But one thing you shared was that it doesn't always look like people expect it to look. Like for me, when I started with postpartum depression, it was... And I've realized this more now. It's almost like coming out of it. You see it a little bit more clearly. But when I saw it, it was just this sense of dread every morning that I had no control of. And the second I would open my eyes, it was that feeling of, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anyone. And I probably wouldn't have even described it like Mm -hmm. that. I think for me, it was just, what's wrong with me? And then one morning I woke up and I was hopeful and I had joy again. And I had literally no control because it's the second you open your eyes. And that helped me to see, oh, I don't want to be in bed all day. So that must not be my normal self. It was something different. So you've talked about how it might look different for you, for different people. It's not just crying tears all the time or always just laying in bed. Hey, all. Just a quick break because many of you have asked how you can support this ministry. One thing that you may not know is that the Living Easy podcast reaches far outside of the U.S. We have listeners in Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, China, and more. The gospel is being spread literally around the world, and you can be a part of that. All you have to do is go to patreon.com backslash living easy to join. You can simply support the ministry with a few dollars a month or 10 cents per day, or you can join the coffee date thing or the bestie thing. With the coffee date thing, I am building real face-to-face friendships with the women who are a part of that community. I get on once a month on Zoom and we talk about real life and faith and marriage and relationships and just chat, real, real conversation. For the bestie thing, I want to support you. I will share one person per month on my social platform to over 40,000 followers and to tens of thousands of email subscribers and allow them to hear about your business or your social platform. So again, just go to patreon.com backslash living easy to check out all of the options. Thanks guys. What other ways does it present itself in your life? As Lindsay mentioned, I have like a lot of things I'm do and involved with mm-hmm. and dreams I'm still pursuing. And and sometimes I'll know I have a list and it's all good things, things I enjoy. Like I got to shoot this product or I have mm-hmm. to go on a shoot or I have to blog this thing or, you know, the list is all, mm-hmm. all good things I yeah. love and enjoy. And I could be in that moment knowing I have that and I feel so numb that I just can't, I don't want it do it. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm like, but I want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how to fully explain it other than like, I become so numb and overwhelmed by all the good things. And I just have, I'm just an emotionalist that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, let's try that tomorrow. And then I just realizing hours are going away and I'm like, just unfulfilled at that point. Yeah. And so energy, like yeah, energy just, and drive. Yeah. And I don't sit around and cry really during depression. Matt was just like, why are you just, you're just like walking around the house, like aimlessly, like aimlessly yeah. numb, nothing's happening. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Just, so does that still happen on the pill sometimes? Is it a fix all? It's not a fix all. I just see it now. Yeah. So I've learned to force myself to be creative. I'm mm. like, no, I want to be creative. 
I'm not going to let depression steal me from what I want to do, what I enjoy to do. And sometimes I know that those initial photos of me shooting for whoever I'm working with, a client or whatever, I have to start of 10 minutes where it's like, I'm not feeling anything still. Mm. And then eventually I just force myself to push it. And also I'm creating and I just spent two hours and I was like, my gosh, those are amazing. Beyond the Pink Pills allowed me to see when I'm battling and I know now how to push myself, but it's a choice. So it's a choice whether you're on a pill or not, but at least the pill helps my brain like, hey, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Because before I would spend days and then we would get home with life would be like argument over argument. And then I'm in tears and then I'm out of it. And then I finally see, wait, I just spent three days like in severe depression. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand. I just thought I was crazy. And I just thought I was worthless. And I just thought no one wanted to be around me ever. Mm. And now I could just see it. Mm-hmm. And I don't spend days in depression anymore. And if it is days, I push myself to do what I know I need to do to get through it instead of yeah being angry or sad or... Does it make you angry a lot? It used to. Yeah. It used to throw things. Mm-hmm. At people. Mm-hmm. Which not a lot of people know, but here we are. Like, mm-hmm. I used to throw things. I was so angry. I just was angry. I don't know how else to explain. Everything was raging inside and I would just yell and throw things and I haven't thrown things. So I'm like, okay. So do you struggle when you look back on things? Like for me, I strive so hard to not live in a state of regret because I realize there are moments, my friend Alana said this on our perfectionism episode, that when you go through something, you're learning. And so there's no reason to regret because something came out of it, whether it was this really sucked and now I learned, or this was really good and I learned. Either way, we're learning. But I have moments where I look back at decisions I made and I feel so much shame. Do you struggle with that when you look back to that season? Yeah, there's times where I do, or our sink is patched right now from me throwing a bowl at it. And so I it's told, like a constant yeah, reminder. Yeah, I told Matt, I was like, I just, I know it's a lot of work and I just really want to replace our sink because I feel like I get in there and I'll see it daily. And sometimes I just, it doesn't bother me. And then there's mm-hmm. other moments where I think maybe I am having a moment of just yeah. low. And then I see that I'm like, oh yeah, that's when I threw the bowl <laughs> across the kitchen. And then I shattered my sink. Not that I want to hide or forget because I definitely have learned. But I don't think we deserve to have reminders that we've really just yeah. failed that yeah. time. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think yeah. mentally it doesn't help us. No. And I think we're allowed to be set free mm-hmm. from past. So that to me is one thing that I'm like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to replace this thing. <laughs> yeah. I will <laughs> find a way to buy it myself. I don't know. I will. <laughs> but I, I think that's one thing that is a constant reminder right now that. I'm like, oh gosh, that was a really bad season. Mm -hmm. I threw a lot of things and then I broke my sink. (laughs) And Matt graciously patched it. But I was like, yes, as an interior designer, I'm like, my sink's broken. Um, And it was my fault. And so, and I've definitely had arguments. I feel like there's, you know, been low times where I think you and I have had moments Mm -hmm. where we've had to learn and grow and forgive. And yeah, but I don't know. I'm for the pink pill and Christian or not, like, Well, let's talk about that. So you mentioned feeling worthless because depression, if this is still a confusion amongst anyone, which I hope it's not, depression is not a sin. No. It does not mean that you've sinned so badly against God that that's your curse. God does not curse. 
God desires good and he heals and he forgives, Satan, the enemy, is the author of confusion, the author of sadness, the author of brokenness. Mm. But just because you're broken and have depression doesn't mean you don't have relationship with Jesus and you only have relation with the enemy. It's just there's so many lies in that. But I want to say, what are some ways that your relationship with Jesus has helped you and maybe not helped you in the ways that you hoped that it would? I think sometimes I, I mean, if I'm honest, sometimes I still battle with thinking he cares or like he, it's not like I took a pink pill and I can see clearly. And I just, now I think that Jesus just loves me all the time. I sometimes tell Matt, I'm like, I think he even just like forgot about me. Hmm. Like he kind of was like, oh, I forgot to finish you. Mm-hmm. But then that's not true. Because he promises to bring that's you not to true. completion. Just I'm not just as fearfully and wonderfully made as the person next to me. Yeah. So I might have a mental illness, but the other person will have a missing finger and doing mm. the best, making the best. Mm. Having a friend have one hand and he makes the best latte art I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think it's a choice of like trusting that Jesus made me exactly who I am and depression doesn't define me and a pink pill doesn't define me and I can still be me. Mm-hmm. I just happen to have to take a pill Yeah, every day. Yeah. And maybe it's not forever or maybe it's like this season and I'm off of it for a season and it's like, this isn't good. So let's get back on it. But I know that struggling in seasons of suicidal depression isn't fair to my husband, my kids or Mm. my people, family, friends, because it's like ultimately a selfish move. Mm -hmm. But I have been there and it's not been good. So when you battled that and you felt like... I'm done. I'm done with my life. So this is a conversation I've had recently with someone I love. And for me, it's hard because I'm like, don't you see what you have in front of you? For me, not fully understanding. I've never really had suicidal thoughts. I'm like, don't you see your family and your kids? How does that not feel like enough? So what do those thoughts look like for you that none of those things matter in that moment? Somehow we... For me, I just believe that everyone would be better. I feel like I'm frustrating or I can't stop yelling in this time or I can't stop being sad. And so if I was not around, I would tell Matt this, if I'm not around, you wouldn't be so frustrated and the kids wouldn't have to deal with a bomb that yells. And so you just start Mm -hmm. building up all the negative and take your sin and and just that's all you see. And then it's like, but if I just somehow in my head, I would tell myself, if I remove myself from the equation, then Matt could find a wife that's happier and nicer. Mm. And the kids wouldn't have to have a mom that's like throwing things, and yelling. Yeah. So if I remove myself, then I would be happier. Okay. So, but then long term, then they find out their mom's dead. Do oh, you yeah. think those thoughts? It's still, they would be happier. Yeah. But now I'm seeing clearly. So yeah. I've had suicidal thoughts in a long time, which is, which is nice. But yeah. I can't tell myself I'm not going to have them again Mm -hmm. just because it's been, and that's where I can go back to high school and remember like, oh, wow, thank you. My God's grace. Yeah. Because I remember setting myself up for being done Hmm. and not many people know that either, but just me correlating and piecing puzzle pieces together. And this has been a long time, but I just have to trust that my life matters. Yeah. And I have to choose to not make it all about me. And are there things that like Matt can say, or I can say, or 
other people can say that convinces you that your life matters? Do words or affirmations help you at all? Well, that's funny because affirmation, as most people that are close to me know that words of affirmation is a big deal to me. Yeah. If we talk about the five love languages, that's the top one for me, mm-hmm. right? So, but in those moments, you can't convince me that it's worth, I'll just find a way to combat that. Yeah. With a negative lie of something. So how can the church, in your opinion, do better? What are some things you needed or that would have helped you in those really dark seasons? Hearing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> pausing to hear me and like, okay, let's just, not just like, okay, let's just pray. Like, I get that. I, I'm not belittling prayer. So don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, listen yeah, and meet me where I'm at and not just start throwing all the Christianese things at me. Again, please hear me. I'm not belittling the church or prayer or God or Bible reading or Bible studies or book reading or all of that. Because you do all of those things. Yeah. But it's been the best when I hear people like Levi, who's Mm -hmm. a good friend, and he's like, oh yeah, that's... And when I heard him and we're the same person, we joke about that a lot. It's just like, okay, he loves Jesus too, Mm -hmm. but he's battling. Mm -hmm. And just... It's a real thing. I think maybe Christians don't think it's a real thing. And I've heard that more often than not. I'm sorry, but it's real. And so maybe stop belittling the fact. Like, I'm not going to belittle if you if you have cancer. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not going to belittle that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to belittle if you were born with one arm. Mm-hmm. As long as we're just making the best out of it. And, like, yeah. you're going to meet that person where they're at. It's just... It just happens that mine is in my brain. So I may look great, but that doesn't mean I'm doing great some days. That's true. So maybe stop belittling it just because some reason people have decided mental health is not real. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) it's real. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. It's real. But it's still a choice. I mean, even the fact that the pill, they could go so far as to say, well, it's placebo and it's just in your head that it's fixing and helping. The fact that you go from that to this with a pill shows that it is enabling and helping. Yeah, I haven't, I mean, I have not wanted, I haven't even thought about throwing something. And it was like. That's all that your response was. I was just so angry. Mm -hmm. That that was the only way I felt like I was going to get it out. Yeah. I just like, let me throw things and scream at people. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for talking about that. Is there anything additional that you would want to say to anyone or encourage? Because I think especially mamas Mm -hmm. deal with this a lot. And one thing that has really been hard for me, and I haven't talked so much about this one day I will, is feeling like I'm not my own person anymore. With my perspective and the way I run and the way I just think, to not have my own sense of identity and just feeling I'm only a mom, I'm only a wife, I'm only these things can jack me up because it takes me to like, I want to be someone else. Instead of saying, I'm a daughter of the king, one of my roles is a mother, one of my roles is a wife, but that's not my identity. My identity is in Jesus. I just think there are a lot of moms who struggle with feeling lost and alone and depressed and potentially suicidal. So do you have any encouragement, maybe anything that helped you or just sharing your heart and letting them know they're not alone is helpful too, but this has been a long process. My kids are 11. The twins are 11. Grayson's eight. Yeah. There was seasons, which yours, Lynn's, are smaller. Mm-hmm. And in those, in that season, I felt like all I'm doing is mom life, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to pursue things when I'm just, because I, I had the girls. I also started 
my photography business. I still remember going in and Tish has her twin, twin babies, nursing, pumping, nursing, pumping. I'm like, is that all you do? Yes, it was. Oh my gosh. And so that was an identity crisis. But over the years, I feel like I've learned and Matt having to push and me learning that this is okay is things like I go do what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I'm a big thrifter, which anyone that knows me knows that. And so mm-hmm. that's me. Like I'm going to go do my thing. And now the girls are getting older and they want to join. And some days I go without them out of just wanting like, this Along. is my thing. Yeah, I want to feel just me or mm-hmm. running businesses now. I'm learning like I could run a business and I can invite my kids in like They didn't come into our world to rule our world. Mm -hmm. We invited them to be part of our world. So I think just since they were little, I wanted to be, we would go to Lindsay's and they would sleep in their playpen. (laughs) This is a big point of contention with me and Tish because I'm a control freak and she is not. And so we have like such differing perspectives with kids, but your view has brought me a lot of freedom of it doesn't have to be so structured. And so I just never was the mom that was like, okay, it's seven o'clock. Gotta go. Kids gotta be in bed at seven thirty, So we gotta go right now. That's I was life. like, here's my playpen. I'm still hanging out and we're still in conversation. Yeah. You're in this room and now it's time for bed mm-hmm. and we'll get you home when we're done. Yeah. And everyone's parents different and we all learn from each other. But mm-hmm. for me, I've definitely had my identity crisis of like, am I just a mom now? I'm just mm. but things like that give you a sense of autonomy of like, yeah. I am an independent I'm person still, yeah. still. I'm still Tish. I'm still Tish. And I think having my own business and inviting them part of it or mm. leaving to go photograph a wedding in New York City. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, when we didn't have COVID. Um, yeah. Those are the things where I, I was intentional during the days I was home, but I still chose to pursue dreams and they left and did it. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I was better mom because I still was me. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't like create us and then be like, here's kids and then you lose. He didn't say, now you're done. Yeah. Tish alone is now done. Like yeah. She's now just The a person mom. that you built yeah. up and grew to no. be and that he grew you to be. I do think that's so good. I know I don't only have mom listeners, but two moms that that has been a saving grace for me too. And we have that guilt. I always have guilt when I'm gone. Yeah. It's so real. I have an episode with Jenny Lesko about mom guilt. If you guys haven't heard it, I would just say that those days alone, my husband always says you come home happier Mm -hmm. when you've had even two hours to yourself, you come home like full of life. You're a better mom. Mm -hmm. You're a better wife. You're just more present and engaged because you're not exhausted. And I find myself when I've not had alone time, I'm diving deep. That can be anything. I think college students, when all you're doing is studying and focusing and being a perfectionist and trying to accomplish, that'll drain you too. Like you have to live your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Maybe we're called to be a wife or we're called to be moms, but I still think, I don't think Jesus is like, okay, now who you are and who I created you to be now ended. Like he didn't say that. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, yes, there's boundaries on both ends. You don't want to go be to right. yourself and your kids are with a sitter all the time, yeah. but then you don't want to be so at your house that you forget about your dreams. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're content being home with your kids all day. There are those moms that are in, that love that. And yeah. I admire that. And I'm it's like, I think yeah. that's amazing, but yeah. I was not created yeah. that way. Yeah, We are better when we are being who we've been created to be as an individual as well. Hmm. I don't think we should lose that. And those moments help you just see more clearly. Yeah. And sometimes the gym is that. Yeah. Sometimes I go to the gym because this is my thing. 
You're very consistent. Yes, I am. No husband, no kids, mm. no friends, no anyone. It's just like, I'm going in and I'm going to get a solid hour workout. And then I go home and I'm ready to hang out. Yeah. I think you should, there's freedom and mm-hmm. still being you. I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for our spontaneous combo. <laughs> it went yeah, so it was. well. <laughs> I do want to say for anyone listening, just as an important point, that if you are struggling with suicide, because I know, especially right now, not that depression is equated to suicide, because just because you're depressed, it's just saying does not mean you commit suicide. It is just sometimes a natural response for people or a choice of people when they are feeling depressed. But right now, because of isolation and COVID, the numbers are increasing. And so if you or somebody you know is struggling with suicide, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is one 800 273 8255 to talk to somebody. And we are all about Christian counselors, counseling, therapy, talking about things. And so don't ever be ashamed to pursue that because it's huge. Don't be ashamed of pursuing medication. Depression is not Tell a someone. Sin. Tell someone. Yeah. yeah. All right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.maestas. Love you guys.